going on everybody this is the hockey dudes podcast it's yours truly hayden follow me on twitter hayden h971 i've been dishing out takes and if you guys saw if you guys already do follow me on twitter you guys saw my take on the miserable experience i had at the lions game yesterday and if you you know and if you follow every single show that we post you know that i was on my way to the lions game the day after the Seattle Kraken game. Hence why that audio sounded like trash. I literally got home from the Blue Jackets game around 1130, went straight to bed, and then woke up and thought, eh, I still need to do post-game. So I got on just my phone voice memos. Didn't preview the, what it sounded like at all. Just put it straight to SoundCloud. Sounded like trash, as it should you shouldn't just get to record on your phone and it sound great. And I, you know, paid the price. So, but credit anybody that stuck through that. That's amazing out of you. If you, if you stuck through that, that's truly incredible. But yeah, no, I was on my way to the Lions game. And as I tweeted, I woke up that morning and I thought to myself, you know, I've been, I've been to five Lions games in my life. I've, I've seen five losses five losses. I woke up that morning and I thought this could be the best Lions game I've ever been to today. They just win. They just win. This could be the best one I've ever been to out of all the ones I've been to. That's what I, that was my motivation to get in the car and drive three hours up to Detroit. Yes. That's how long it takes. Picked up my cousin Ben on the way. We were buzzing. He had a good night the night before. He was at some wedding. He got he got crushed, you know, off the off the sodas. And I'm on my way up there, and I'm thinking this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. I should have known all the red flags when I pulled up to Detroit, tried to get in the parking garage. They had, like, every single road closed off in downtown Detroit. If you know anything about Detroit, if you've ever been up there, if you've ever been up there for a Lions game day, just any sort of game day, really, Everything east of 75, the main highway, so basically all of downtown Detroit, is just an absolute crap show. Like, it's just bumper-to-bumper traffic. You can't drive anywhere. Michigan just has those horrible left-turn rules. So you're just, you know, just basically just trying not to get in an accident. You're you're not even down there to try to get to where you're going. You're just trying not to get in an accident with how crazy it can be. On game day. So that was my fault. It was my turn to pick the parking. I decided to park closer to Greek town, which is of course, east of 75. Like I said, not like I said to avoid on in the downtown part of Detroit. And yeah, so that didn't work out. So we literally, so many roads were closed down and there was the Detroit marathon or whatever that day too. So that was a complete mess. We literally drove by little Caesars arena and you know, that was kind of, our safe ground. And of course that's on the other side of 75. That's on the West side, just on the West side, walking distance to Ford field. We tried to park in that garage. That's where we parked for week one. It worked out fine week one. So we're driving around and, you know, trying to go to old reliable 
blew the twenty dollars that I spent on the garage in downtown Detroit. Just said, forget it. Let's just get somewhere. Let's just get parked. It's noon. We just want to get to the game. And every road is closed down near Little Caesars Arena. And I I miss the one turn I was supposed to get to because the directions were horrible. And we found ourselves back in downtown Detroit. We were doing loops around. We did a whole square around Little Caesars Arena. Multiple roads were closed down. And the one that was open to get to the garage, I missed. And all of a sudden, caught in the flow of traffic again, heading downtown. Great. So Ben, my cousin, finds a $5 spot way on the, on the south side of downtown. We park. It's 1220. Great. And we, we, you know, we walk for 20 minutes to Ford field. We get there at 1240, met some crazy people along the way. It was hilarious. The one guy was clearly off a runner's high. He was feeling sweet, was walking next to us because he had just ran a marathon, which I said, congrats for, by the way, man, you ran a marathon. And he, you know, he started the conversation by asking how many picks is Joe Burrow going to throw today? And I was just like, uh, hopefully six. You know, I love Joe Burrow, but hopefully six picks. That would be great. If he threw six interceptions today, I would love him even more than I already do. And he was like, yeah, I've kind of always hated Joe Burrow. Ever since he changed his name on senior night to the E-A-U-X thing, I just hated him. (laughs) I just thought that was so funny. I was like, that's what ticked you off? That's what sent you on Joe Burrow? I was like, "That's, that's just funny. Um, we, and then we got, anyway, we got in line to get into Ford field at 1240. I posted a snap outside of the stadium. Like, you know, letting people know I'm here. I made it 1240 getting in the, getting in the game. We did not get in the game. The line was so long getting into Ford field. Now, from what I know of that stadium, there's only two entrances, two fan entrances into a football stadium. I know of at least three fan entrances to get in a nationwide arena, which which holds 19,000 people. Ford Field hosts like 65,000 people, and there's two main entrances. But anyway, we're there 20 minutes beforehand. It shouldn't take that long to get through the line. No, half of their little turnstiles were shut down. There were freaking nobody was standing there letting people in. We missed the whole first quarter of the game, which granted was trash anyway, but... It was, I was pissed off. I was like, you know, I only get to go to so many NFL games a year. Why, why am I missing part of this game right now? This is ridiculous. Anyway, me and 15 other 15,000 other fans. That's just ballpark who were standing outside, missed the game because Ford field was having some sort of either staffing issues or just some sort of issues that didn't let us get in. We got in the game and it was the worst game of all time. Lions got their cheese blown off. It was horrible. I had people that were Bengals fans that were at the game, Snapchat me, scoreboard. Anybody that talked shit to me, I instantly unfriended. Anybody. I just unfriended them. That's how down bad I was. Okay? I had bet so much money on the Lions. Such a stupid bet. It was whatever. Okay? It was a horrible day. Hor- the day was awful. I chipped my windshield on the drive back from Detroit. It was just a mess, okay? But finally, as soon as I got back into Columbus and I went to bed and I woke up today, I reminded myself that the Coats are 2-0 and and this is all I have right now. All I have is the Coats. And it actually feels kind of good. It feels 
kind of good to be all in on the coats. And, you know, Tommy, who is also a season ticket holder for an NFL team, he's a season ticket holder for the Browns. Much better team, much higher expectations the Browns had going into this year. We were just texting today, and I'm just going to read you some of the texts. We were talking a little bit about our NFL teams, and eventually he just said, football sucks, go hockey. He said, should we just go balls deep into being Twitter Blue Jacket fans? And I said, I'm fully in rhythm with Hockey Dude's Twitter. Being plugged in feels kind of nice right now. Talk to me in February, though. Might be lifeless. He said, February, we are guaranteed lifeless. I can already see it. I said, we'll be so dead. We will be so dead in February. We have an October to December team for sure. January comes around, we're dead. Tom says, January will scrap for points. February will be in a grave. March, we remember, we got to get points to get in the postseason, and then we'll try hard again. He said, get every single point now while you can. I responded to him, luckily, luckily for us this year, our team will be in China for half of February. Tommy said, are we actually going to China? Did I miss something? I said, the Olympics are in China. He said, oh, yes, I forgot entirely about the Winter Olympics next year since they just did the summer. I'm pumped for that. I said, that's what I'm saying, man. We have like eight jackets that are playing in that event this year. We have so much talent on this team. He said, I want to hype myself up for for this event. I want to hype. Let me start that one over. I want to hype myself up for an event like the Olympics just to watch my country go 0-3. And I said, just want to win big boy gold once. Can the can Team USA just win big boy gold once? And Tommy said, watch Crosby's face suck on that silver medal. I said, he can deep throat that silver medal. He can deep throat that silver medal for all I care and then dry it off with his pencil mustache. First time seeing so many players in their first Olympics, Tommy said. I said, it's going to be great. Then we come back. We'd make an eight seed and sweep the Panthers in the first round. Heard it here first. Tommy said, throw it right in boob tit's face. I said, would be great. If not, sweep the bolts then. That will be great too. Just sweep someone. And then Tommy said, sweep the pens? Question mark. Just once. And then I said, Crosby's pencil mustache can catch all the tears from him. So. Just like that, (laughs) in about a two-minute span, I went from just, not even a two-minute span. It was a a full weekend, right? It was a full weekend of events. Jackets beat the Kraken Saturday night. I turn around. I drive to Detroit. I just get absolutely shat on. By a team that I really had no hope in anyway, but I still had a little bit of life in them. Just wanted to see something out of Detroit. I just wanted to have the best Detroit Lions experience I've ever had that day. I don't want to make the playoffs. I don't want to make the Super Bowl. I just wanted to win against the Bengals. And instead, I had the worst Sunday of all time. And that, combined with the Jackets beating the Yotes and the Kraken... I completely convinced myself and Tommy and Tommy convinced me and himself into the Coats 2021 making the playoffs 2022. Let's go. Just like that. Oh god. I'm going to be so let down in February. It's going to be hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> just just hilarious. 
I'll probably be let down tomorrow night for all I care when the when the uh, Jackets take on the Red Wings, who the Red Wings are favorites, by the way, in that game. And I kind of wanted to talk about something that I saw on The Athletic today. Because even though the Jackets have kind of won over the hearts of fans in Columbus, they still, obviously, through two games, is not enough work to convince the national media that they are legit a legitimate team. And here's why. I saw Sean McAdoo for The Athletic did a weekend rankings. It's way too early, but we still have a top five and a bottom five for this year. So the top five teams for this year, maybe you can guess them. Starting with five was the Carolina Hurricanes, 2-0-0, Florida Panthers, 2-0-0, Vegas Golden Knights, 1-1-0. They lost to the Kings, got smoked by the Kings, actually. Only a team that they've beaten have been the Kraken so far. They're the number three team in McAdoo's uh, top five. Number two was the Tampa Bay Lightning, Two and one laid a duck against the Pittsburgh Penguins night one. Then they came back and beat the Red Wings. Bad news today that Nikita Kucherov might be out for the rest of the season. I I don't really know what happened with that. It's looked like he took a hit to the knee in their latest game. And then people are all of a sudden talking about how there might be a surgery thing. I don't know. So keep an eye on that. Nikita Kucherov might be done for the regular season. Perfect for him because then that means he can just, you know, recover and get back in for the playoffs in May. <laughs> uh, and then number one was the Colorado Avalanche, who are one and one, who have beaten the Hawks, but then lost Saturday to the Blues. They're the number one team in Mike Adu's top five. Okay, that's fine. This isn't college football. Obviously, you don't hold a lot of weight in games, but, you know, I don't care about that. I don't care about the top five. I didn't expect the Jackets to be in the top five, obviously, after two games. That would have been completely stupid of me. Here was the bottom five. Number five were the Blackhawks. I'll skip to number three. Guess you, you can probably guess who number four is already. Number three was the Anaheim Ducks. Number two was the Buffalo Sabres, who are 2-0, and oh, by the way, the Buffalo Sabres. At number one was the Arizona Coyotes. Number four was the Columbus Blue Jackets. And here's what he wrote about the Blue Jackets. He said, a 2-0-0 and team in the bottom five? Yep. And they're not the only ones, although we'll get to that. Remember, we're thinking long-term here. And the Blue Jackets still look like the Metro Cellar Dwellers. Still, that doesn't mean we can focus on the positive here. As Columbus gets Brad Larson the first two wins of his NHL coaching career, Max Domi looks like a player again, and Patrick Laine reminds us of what he can do when he's on. Guys, listen. I love that the I love the fact that people are counting out the Blue Jackets, okay? Because that means at the end of the year, they're gonna have a lot of eyeballs on them when they're still digging for a playoff spot. I believe that this team will be digging for a playoff spot. I, again, I based off that conversation you heard with Tommy, I talked myself into them sweeping somebody in the first round. But, I mean, obviously, realistically, I can sit here and admit, I still think this team's going to be in a playoff spot or are going to be competing for one. I, I don't think that they're going to get one. I want that on the record. I think they're going to be just four to eight points out of a playoff spot. 
Now, this news with Max Domi today was tough. Of course, Max Domi has been placed on IR with rib fracture and is expected to miss two to four weeks. You know, that's obviously heartbreaking for Jackets fans, especially because Max Domi, we've seen what he can do on the ice when he's healthy in just two games. In just two games, after being out for a large portion of last year, we got him back. He scored the first goal on the opening night. Well, he didn't score. Texier officially knocked it in. But it was Max Domi's sick backhand sauce off the near boards that he just... First of all, can we just talk about how Max Domi is addicted to backhand sauce? And that's about the only thing he can do. He can be a little bit of a rat out there which I think that's a little bit of his dad that he's got in him. Ty Domi, of course, most fights all time by NHL players, his dad. Max Domi, he just can be this little rat and just hits backhand sauce all day. He's basically Matt Calvert if Matt Calvert had backhand sauce. That's my role for Max Domi. So to see him out of the lineup is definitely tough. Um, But Chinikov... One good sign about, you know, one good thing. And then Ben Bemstrom, we forgot to bring that up on the last podcast. Small of me. Bemstrom also being out was a tough C for Blue Jackets fans. But uh, Igor Chinikov plays one game up in Cleveland. He gets a, a huge goal. It was just a typical just take it down, shoot it from the high slot, bury it from far out. Just a shot that nobody saw coming. And he's going to be in the lineup. He's going to be in the lineup. According to Jeff Shibota, these were the lines skating today. Boone Jenner on the top line with Voracek and Line A on his left and right. Jack Roslovic was the center on the second line with Nyquist on his left, Bjorkstrand on his right. That's a line that's been solid for us this year. And then Cole Sillinger is going to be the third center with Texier now being moved from center to left wing on that line. And then Chinikov will be on the right side. So that'll be an interesting third line. And then Sean Corrali, Gregory Hoffman on his right, and Eric Robinson is on his left. That's a that's a, that's a good that's a good top twelve, man. That's a good front twelve. I I really don't understand like looking at that. I know I I obviously know that Boone like the centers aren't sexy, okay, to people. I know Boone Jenner is not a eye popping centerman. I know Jack Roslovic is not a great defensive centerman, but I mean, Jack Roslovic is a guy. I don't know if you guys have noticed in this first two games, he buys himself a a breakaway or a free shot at the goalie two to three times a game at least. And he hasn't buried one yet this year, but he's buying himself space. He's making it work. He's going to be a, he has potential to be a high profile centerman or at least a high scoring centerman. And he definitely deserves to be top two on an NHL team. Now, granted, an NHL team that has low expectations like the Blue Jackets, but he's all right. He's all right. He's pretty solid. Cole Sillinger, of course. Cole Sillinger has found his way into the dirty areas. He finds his way in front, right in front of the crease. He has a good knack for the puck. He just needs to get a couple more shots on goal, and he'll get his first NHL goal here shortly. I believe that. Igor Chinakov, who's on his right wing. Again, that's going to be a great addition for the Blue Jackets in their lineup. Guy's just got a sick shot, man. He's just got this little Russian missile shot that he's just going to absolutely blast by Alex Nadelchmovich tomorrow night. Um, And then uh, the defenseman pairings are going to be Rorensky and Jake Bean. You saw what Jake Bean can do after that power play rip he had 
off of Voracek's pass in the uh, game against the Coyotes. That's been a, that's been a nice little offensive duo that we've had. That's been kind of awesome. Gavrikov and Boquest uh, have no problem with those two this year. Those guys have played great. And then Kukin, Harrington slash Peak are the are the three guys going for that third D pairing. Uh, I'm gonna guess uh, we haven't seen an official announcement on who the ten D is gonna be. Uh. It's gonna be it's gonna be Corpusalo though I, I would assume I'd assume Elvis Mers Lincolns comes back on Thursday and he will start against the Arizo- uh, New York Islanders rather so that should be interesting the Detroit Red Wings are gonna be with are gonna have Dylan Larkin in the lineup I know a lot of people were asking questions about that he will be in the lineup and of course I will preview that game funny story I'm gonna preview that game tomorrow. I was on the hockey dude's Twitter. I was, I was reaching out to four or five different um, writers slash podcast hosts of major Red Wings podcasts, seeing if I can kind of do what I did with Carl Pavlock before the Arizona Coyotes game. See if I can get anybody in here and just break down the Red Wings for me and do a nice little pregame show and release that a couple hours before the game tomorrow night. And I wasn't really getting any responses so I kind of got stiffed. I kind of was like 0 for 5. But then I was like, I know Red Wings fans in my family. I'm just going to get my Uncle Steve on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to have my Uncle Steve on the podcast tomorrow. So make sure you tune in uh, right around 5 o'clock is when that one will be released. And that one will will definitely be a good one for sure. Don't know what's going to come of it, but that one should be really good. All right, guys. Uh, other than that, Make sure, as always, you guys, uh, you know, if you have a chance, drop a review in the Apple podcast. I definitely appreciate that. Some moof milker um, was on my podcast last and said it's tolerable. I'm glad I'm tolerable to you, dude. Uh, dude 0424. Thank you for giving me five stars. Nice guy, but you didn't have to get on Apple podcast and, and stroke yourself off about how nice of a guy you are. I know you like this podcast, dude, 0424, so don't just drop a it's tolerable. Say something nice. Let me get that bad review out of there. I really appreciate it. Love you guys very much. I love this coach team. I, I Even though I'm, I'm ready to break up with football, I still love football, still love hockey. I love this goddamn country. Uh, let me ask you this question, guys. This was a little brain bender. Which team do you have more confidence in? Team USA men's soccer to make the World Cup or Team USA hockey to win gold? Spin that one in your noodles. All right. See you guys. Tell your dog. Make it-